0: Hi, this is Ken Doherty, and you're listening to Red Devil Talk, the podcast with Jimmy Williams. Red Devil Talk is the latest Manchester United fan site with authentic write-ups on all things United, as well as interviews with former players. In addition, Red Devil Talk examines the growing concept of sports psychology in the modern game.
1: Obviously, the last time we spoke... Mourinho was the manager Mark Williams was yeah. wo- Mark Williams was world champion and I mean, will move to snooker in a while because obviously I love talking to you about snooker but what do you think ultimately was Mourinho's downfall?
0: I think he lost the dressing room you know I think uh, I, I mean when Mourinho came it was definitely uh, I was excited about because of his uh, what he'd worn and he'd bring a, a sort of that, that sort of uh, sort of uh, mentality you know a real sort of uh mentality to uh to the team, you know. But in fact, you know, even though like he came second and he won the Europa League and stuff like that, at the end I think his I think he thought he was actually bigger than the team and and than the club, you know. And uh and I didn't like the way he called out I think when he started calling out the players in public I think that was a bad that was a bad move, and then the the, the dressing room just turned against them, you know. Uh, and I think that's when he when you lose the dressing room, it's very hard to get it back, you know.
1: I think in the modern game with the the power that the players have nowadays, when you, once you start yeah. calling them out in public, you're in trouble.
0: I think that's the problem, yeah, because the players are getting so much money, the clubs are paid so much for them, but uh, and the agents between the players and the... I mean, you see what the problem is now with. Paul Pogba you know Uh, and if Solskjaer can get around like by trying to hold on to him and keeping him and getting getting his attitude right you know I mean Mourinho tried to approach Pogba with fire and tried to discipline him uh, and it sort of had an adverse reaction you know whereas like Solskjaer is uh, you know the guy who put his arm around him try and coax him into sort of uh, and that's what you have to do today unfortunately you know because the players as you say there's so much more power now because of the the price tags and the wages like you know
1: you touched on Pogba there so I'll stay with that for a moment uh, the yeah. United fan base is divided over Pogba do you think do you think he's shown enough in a red shirt to suggest he's worth all the hassle
0: Uh I'm not so sure I'm I really I mean he really sort of needs to be repaying uh you know the fate that United have uh, shown in him. I mean, he came back with a. You know, he's he's won what he what he has he has won with you know with France and of course Juventus and that, and he's become a, a great player. But he might be a great player on the pitch, but off the pitch, you know, he can be a cancer, and he has been a cancer in the dress. That's what it looks like, and uh, you know, he's upset the dressing room. He of down tools and plays when he wants he runs when he wants you know he's not like like some of the great midfielders that we had the likes of like Roy Keane and Brian Robson and you know Skulls and Beckham like those guys they'd run all day for you you know like Gary Neville like a defender like those type of players they'd run run all day long for you you know Uh, and they're the type of players that Manchester United want like you know now if he's he's a very skillful player and I do like him when he is playing and playing well, because uh, he's, a, he's a class act. But uh, he comes with a lot of baggage, and if he can get rid of that baggage, he'll, he could be like one of the best players in the world. But if he keeps carrying that baggage around with him, and that baggage being half the problem is is his agent as well, uh, then I don't think he will ever reach the heights that potentially he could reach, uh, and and winning sort of uh, not only championships with United, but Ballon d'Ors and stuff like that, he'll never do that unless he gets his attitude right
1: Obviously Solskjaer came in and they had a great start, it was very positive, but then of course the form it took a bit of a nosedive What was your opinion on the appointment of Solskjaer and in addition to that, what do what you made of the progression under Solskjaer
0: I like Solskjaer I, I really do, I've always liked him as a player, I like him as manager I like his demeanour Uh I like the fact that you know he's he's a United man, true and true. I think they're the type of managers that we should be looking for. You know, uh, guys that love football, you know, and know how to get the best out of their team. Now, this is a this is going to be the sort of honeymoon period is over for guy now. Uh, I think you know with the investments of Maguire, I think that Wan Bissaka is a fantastic player. Not seeing too much of James, so you know, I know he's got a lot of pace, and that was that would be the United way so I know they're still going to be quite a bit behind the likes of Liverpool and Man City but if they can get off to a good start and get on some sort of a, a confidence run, because like any sport just like snooker football is a confidence thing as well and when the confidence went you know at the back end of last year it completely went like you know so they need to get a good start uh, they've got a big match they're up in a match against Chelsea if Maguire has settled in. By then, I think he's going to make a big difference to the back line. Busacca is going to make a big difference to the back line as well. You know they've settled De Gea with the contract. Uh, if they can get the ballet and maybe because of the have played with Pogba as well, that might settle into a nice team. And they've got some great forward line there as well. You know if Marshall is playing, if he's playing well, if Rashford is hitting form. You know, you've got Lingard, you've got that James, you know, and then of course you've got those young lads who have really sort of uh, shown a lot of promise to Greenwood, particularly in the, uh, you know, in the pre-season tour, like they've done well, so there's a lot of positives there, but they need a good start, you know, and I think uh, the signing, the 80 million signings will send out a big message, and uh, I think that will give a lot of confidence to the team but uh, the honeymoon period now is over for Solskjaer and uh, he needs a good start you know because if he doesn't then uh, you know it could go horribly wrong but I'm hoping that it won't and I think I think I think it will I think they'll start well you know and I I do like Solskjaer and I think every United fan wants Solskjaer to to be a success because he's been such a great servant to the club you know and and a hero to many you know.
1: Obviously as you've mentioned. We've had some, I think, some very encouraging signs in James, Wan-Missaka, Maguire. Why do you think Solskjaer has targeted young British players? They've kind of moved away from the big money signs. Why do you think he's done that? Yeah, yeah,
0: because I think, you know, like the way Ferguson did, and I I just hope that he has time to see it through, is that he's investing for down the the road, you know. Mourinho was looking for the short-term fix, which, you know, Unfortunately, players, managers don't get the don't get the time, and that's why I'd be a bit worried. Like you know, with buying those but he obviously see it in James. Uh, you know, something that he's got great potential, and, and that that's what a good manager can do. So hopefully, he will prove himself. Whereas Bissaka you know, he, he had a really good season with Crystal Palace last year. Maguire, great season with Leicester a couple of seasons ago, and of course playing with England as well was been very very successful over the last a uh, couple of years, uh, so he's got the the fulcrum of the team there at the back line, got a great goalkeeper, one of the best, if not the best in the world, so, you know, I think, uh, you know, he's got to invest in youth, he's got to have the confidence of the likes of the Rashford and Lingas and Martial's as well, and, uh, you know, it's, it's the spine of the team, and that's this is where Pogba should be playing a big role he should be the spine of the team there you know and he should be um, leading by example and that's what you really that's what all the Man United fans want to see from this team is like a real big leader and Pogba has the potential to do that but whether he's going to deliver the goods remains to be seen I hope he does
1: You mentioned the word leader there obviously the captaincy is available at the moment and Solskjaer said he's going to name that player soon who do you think would be a good candidate for United captain?
0: Oh, very good question. Um, very good question. Well, uh, I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, if he gives it to Pogba, will that give him the the sort of the mentality to dig down and maybe get the best out of him? It might well do. You know, it may well do. And. Uh, but if it doesn't, it could back forward on him, on uh, on Solskjaer. And uh, and that's a risk that he's going to have to take. I think he's a potential captain of Manchester United, but he has to, as I said, he has to show the Man United faithful a lot more commitment, a lot more drive, a lot more passion uh, that he hasn't shown. And particularly the bang game in the last season where a lot of the United fans, including myself, were very disappointed with the way he played and his, his sort of attitude you know so I think Pogba could be a realistic possibility De Gea could be one as well I think that the, like the other lads are a little bit young uh, I don't think you give it to Maguire even though you know the fact that he's only just come into the club uh, and I don't know who else you can give it to could you give it to Matic I don't know I think, uh, uh,
1: I, think yeah, th- go on. I think De Gea would be good option he seems to be a very popular figure amongst the Dresden yeah yeah
0: the only yeah, yeah a very popular figure and I'll tell you who, who could be as well is uh, Mata
1: yeah good shout
0: you know, yeah it, there's not a lot of talk about him but he's a wonderful player he's lost a lot of pace but he's got a great brain he's got a great footballing brain and uh, you know he's he, he's very very well liked by the players very liked by, by Manchester United uh, supporters, um, but the only problem about playing Mate as captain is, is he going to play like a lot of the games? And I don't think he, he will do because of his his age, you know. Is he going to start a lot of the games? I don't think he will, so probably not. Uh, probably. No, so from that regard, he, I think it, it is the Haya, or it's either the Haya, or he's going to give it to Pogba, you know.
1: What do you think is a realistic target for the club this season? Do you think? They should be aiming to get back into the top four, or do you think they should be oh, higher? Absolutely,
0: yeah. I, I mean, the uh, top four is a must, you know, at least the top four. I mean, if they yeah, look at they've got Maguire, they've got like a really good strong back line. Uh, if they can get this, that ball, I don't know where it's going, Pulpic stays, you know. Uh, and I don't see why they shouldn't be challenging for the title, you know, I mean, that may sound ludicrous after last season, but you know, there was a lot of sort of fragmentation, there was a lot of sort of bickering in the club, that the club was in all sorts, of being pulled from left, right and centre last year, you know, from the players and the manager, so you know, as a Manchester United fan, we want to be pushing to win the title and that's it, and you know, does not you know, okay, if they get the Champions League, that's a that, that will be as a second prize. But I want to see them. I want to see them. The likes being able to beat the cities and being able to beat the Liverpool's because it was only a couple of years ago we were able to beat them. You know, so I don't want us to to be a team that is just like playing for for tournament or fourth place. That's not the United way. You know, and uh, we're the biggest club in the world. You know, we should be we should be buying the best players. When they become available, you know, and uh, we, that's the only way we're going to compete with the Leicester City and Liverpool. And I mean, Liverpool haven't always bought the best player, but the players that they bought, they turned them into great players, you know, and that's what I think uh, Solskjaer has to do as well try and find those little gems and, and make them into great players and give them the confidence and uh, fulfill their potential. Um, and I think with this team, you know, as I said, he's got a great base from the back line uh, the spine through the middle. You know, Pogba and Dybala. If he does come, he would be a great sign. He would be a real sort of my key sign, and along with along with McGuire, and that that sends out a statement to the rest of the uh, Premiership that United are going to be. I want to see them challenging. You know, for the title.
1: It's a it's ah. a sad state where we are. That we're that the owners are almost satisfied to be. Just get in the top four. Uh, what do you make of the all oh, this Glazer out movement? There's a lot of angry fans.
0: Yeah, I know there are a lot of angry fans, but uh, has the money been? Have they ever said no? You know, like they've ever tightened the poor strings? I don't think they have. You know, I, I mean, you know, when you look at City, like City, around by, you know, one of the wealthiest families in the world, like you know, yeah. You know where there's money is no option. When you're competing against that, it's very, very difficult. Now the financial fair play rule should come into effect, and and uh, I don't know whether that's going to affect them. It's supposed to affect them towards the end of last season, it may affect them going forward uh, by balancing their books and stuff like that. But when you're competing against that, it's very, very difficult. And also they've got a great manager as well, which which. You know, no matter what team he would have, he would get the best out of them. That that's how good Guardiola is, you know, and you have to respect that. Uh, but when you when you look down the when you look down the past few years, okay, the Glaves have made a lot of money out of Manchester United. Have they ever sort of squimped on on, on on purchases? I'm not quite sure whether they have, you know. I think and you know, like from this season with the money that they've spent, they've spent a lot of money over the last few seasons. And with this season, you know, McGuire, uh, Bissac, uh, You know, they spent an awful lot of money. You know, James, and and if they do get this it will be a, a, a big a big money signing. So uh, I think they've they've helped the managers as they've gone along. I don't think Ferguson had any problem with them. Uh, so I'm not so I'm not one of those who jump on the bandwagon against the Glazers because you know they've had great success under the Glazers. You know.
1: Obviously, the last time we spoke, you told me your uh, your passion for United came out in the seventies. So you witnessed the seventies, the Cup Finals against Liverpool. Um, yeah. You witnessed the eighties, which was tough. We came close under Atkinson a few times, but
0: yeah, 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 yeah. In
1: the end, all kind of fell short all the time. and Ended up empty-handed. Then there was the success of Ferguson in the nineties and the nineties, and they were kind of back to our barren spells. So you kind of always witnessed it go. You witnessed go full circle in a sense, haven't you?
0: Yeah, yeah. I've witnessed it from, uh, you know, as you said, like, from the good times to the barren times and, and, uh, and we're back to, like, barren times at the moment but I, I do, uh, you know, United is such a, a huge club and as I said, it's the biggest club in the world as far as I'm concerned and I may be biased, you know, but that's the way I feel. Like, everywhere you go, you know, I'm out in China now and it's like, you know, you, you know, it's all like, you go into the, the sports shop it's all like mostly Manchester United stuff you know what I mean you see it everywhere you see all the fans wearing Man United shorts and it's very popular over here but I think I think United is the biggest club in the world you know and uh, what I should be saying or what I, 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 what United should be down, and what I is, is the likes of competing every year with the likes of the Barcelona's and with the Juventus and with the, you know all the best teams around Europe, the Bayerns and stuff like that. And now Liverpool have become one of the best teams in the world. And they are one of the biggest clubs in the world. But they don't have the same fan base that United have, you know? So, And certainly Man City don't have the fan base at all. They don't have the fan base in Manchester, never mind around the world. So, uh, but they do have the money. So... I think that you know United you know, should be, they should be there. I know it's going to be a barren time at the moment, but I think that it won't be long before they're, they're back. You know,
1: I think the signs are encouraging. Um, I'd like to chat about snooker for a moment, if that's okay. Hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Let's talk about Judd Trump. How much of a relief will getting that monkey off his back be? Winning that world championship that will be. Oh, be a massive relief, won't it,
0: it? It'll be huge. Yeah, I think it'll be huge. It was building and building. If you had it gone on another year or two. Uh, and you've seen it with other players, like things when we you see the burden on his shoulders when he plays in the World Championship. Um, yeah, it'll be a huge monkey off his back, isn't it? and uh, you know, I, I, I think it will. Uh, I think it go from strength to strength. You know, I think in the World Championship he, he's going to be the man to be. Now he has a, he doesn't have the complete game, but what he does has is a great armory of of shot making, break building. You know, and he's got that flamboyancy that the crowd love. When you get the crowd on your side as well, you know you're always gonna be up against it. And he played he played beautifully in the World Championship. You know, for eight frames he was almost unstoppable uh, during that world championship and then broke the back of the final because of that because of that session. Uh, but yeah, it'd be a huge monkey off his back and I think you're gonna see uh, uh, seeing go from strength to strength. I think he's he's got a few more world titles uh, in the ba- in the bag. Like if he if he applies himself, and as long as he doesn't, the, the only worry for for me for Trump is that he lets it go to his head and he gets he likes to be a bit flash and spend his money and buy these flash cars and all that. That's all well and good and enjoy it while you can. But at the same time, you got to keep your feet on the ground and still do the graft. You know, and just because he's won it. Don't get carried away with it. You know, go and try and win it again and win it again and win it again, you know, and that's that's the uh, the appetite that I hope that he it continues with.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's the, I suppose it's one thing winning it once but the mark of a great player is to win it multiple times, isn't it?
0: Um, yeah, you would say that and I think he has the potential, you know, uh, but I mean, there's some great players who have never won it, you know, Jimmy White comes to mind and he, he is one of the greats, you know, and he's never won the World Championship but, you could not say that Jimmy White was not a great player. You know what I mean. So uh, even some of the greats never win, never win uh, the world championship. But Joe uh, Trump has put himself amongst the greats now by by winning it. And uh, yeah, he could go on and hopefully win a few more.
1: You use the word there, shot maker mentally. How intimidating is that to play against someone who's not afraid to go for shots? I mean, there wasn't a lot. Yeah. there wasn't a well, John Higgins have well, done in that final.
0: No, no, what it does, it unnerves your opponent, you know, because you know this guy can pot the balls from anywhere, he has the cue power, uh, and that puts pressure on you, puts pressure on your safety, uh, puts pressure on your game, full stop, it sort of makes you uneasy, you're never comfortable, so when you know your opponent can do that to you, and when he he has the talent to be able to do that, that, that cue power... It's a it's a great uh, it's a great asset to have, you know, and he uses it very very well. And some of the shots he played in the World Championship were just outrageous, you know. There's nobody in the game could play some of them the way he played them, you know.
1: I'd like to ask you about Ronnie Sullivan for a moment. Obviously, you practiced with Osullivan when he was very young. Do you have any funny stories about those practice sessions that you could tell us?
0: I do remember. I remember one of the times. Uh, his father sent a taxi for me, he had a snooker table down the bottom of the garden and uh, so we used to play best of 19 at 10 o'clock in the morning then we'd stop for lunch and then go back and play another best of 19 after a lunch in the afternoon uh, anyway, a taxi arrived, I went to his house, knocked on the door he'd ha- had the table already. went down, bottom of the garden, we played our best of 19, I beat him 10-2, I think it was and and uh, he says, uh, I can't play in the afternoon because I've got to do something with, uh, you know, he said, I've got to do something with my dad and all. I said, no problem. I said, so we had a bit of lunch. He said, uh, uh, he I'll said, he said, call a taxi for you. So he called a taxi, taxi arrived. I got in the taxi. I forgot my, put my cue in. I forgot my cue So I went back into the house, down in through the kitchen, down, left in the snooker room. And I went back down to the snooker room to get me tell, and there he was, practising away, down the line-up, Ronnie O'Sullivan, you know, and he got really embarrassed, when I walked in, you know, uh, but, I admired him for it, because, he was getting ready for me, for the next day, he'd had enough, that one day, and he, he thought, well, I'm not going to get much, table time with him, potting all these balls, but, what I'm going to do, is I'm going to prepare for tomorrow, or the next day, or whenever, he has going to play me again, you know, so he, he had that sort of, eh, uh, grit and determination even as a, as a young kid like you know
1: yeah you're seeing that hunger from a young age do you think he had yeah,
0: little... yeah yeah he always had the talent you know what I mean I mean he was making century breaks when he was 10 he was making one four sevens when he was like 12 and 13 you know so he, he was an amazing talent from a very young age you know but I always tell everybody you know I used to be him 10-2 10-3 every day now he was only 12 at the time but it still counts in my book you know I oh,
1: definitely yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you think he has another world title? him
0: yeah I think so yeah of course he does yeah he has a couple of them if he if he applies himself if he plays the way he applied himself this year he won't win another one now but uh I thought his attitude was really bad this year I didn't think he uh, I don't know what he gave the game or his opponent enough respect and um, because of that it sort of caught up with him in the end you know but uh uh I'm not quite sure whether, you know, if he if he applies himself he can beat anybody, you know, and over the distance, you know, it should really suit us, Sullivan, because it's very hard to beat Ronnie like if you were playing Ronnie in a say in the first to eight in final, you've you've got to play in four sessions. You basically gotta beat him in all four sessions, you know. That would be the sort outplay him and and there's not many players could do that. So he would be favoured every time, even against the Trumps or Robertsons or anybody, you know. Uh, but getting there now is his problem. And uh, for the two weeks or the 17 days of the World Championship goes on, that's a problem for Ronnie. You know, because of his impatience and dealing with the time uh, away and uh, and trying to cope with that mentally is, is more of a problem than it used to be. So, if he can get over that, yeah, he's, he's got another world title and he's... Possibly got another two in it, but at the moment, uh, he has to uh, readjust himself mentally for the world championships. In any way, you
1: know, I just have a couple more questions and there are fan questions if that's all right. No problem. Uh, a lot of the fans have said that they see you around Manchester, like in the pubs, in the stadiums before games. Do you ever get bothered by the fans? Uh,
0: no, because I don't think it, it bothers me, you know what I mean? The people want a photograph or want an autograph or want to. You know, just say hello to you. That doesn't bother me at all. You know, I think uh, I always say to people, look, there'll be come will come a day where no one will want to photograph with you. They won't want your autograph. You know, so uh, I enjoy it. Uh, you know what I mean? And as long as they're not too intrusive, and when you're in company and they understand that they just want to photograph or just say hello, then you know that's there's no better feeling in the world for me. You know what I mean? And uh, and particularly if they're united fans and you, and they want to talk about you know a the united match or you know uh, that doesn't bother the way they saw you or here or there you know that doesn't bother me at all i i i love that you know
1: is it nice to watch a sport that you don't have direct impact on uh
0: yeah it's i mean you know for me football is a, it's my sort of uh, release you know watching it uh it's a passion it's a pastime i look i still play with the lads on a wednesday you know uh we have our air game and you know every wednesday uh and i still love playing you know although i don't I don't, don't run as fast as i used to that's for sure uh the mind works but the, the but the legs don't work as quick as uh as quick as they used to unfortunately but uh I still love it, you know, and that's that's a great release. And going to United games is always a, a great release and a great a great passion, you know. And uh, football sort of, it's sort of for me, it gets like the juices going, like you know. And, and once they're going, you you know, it's just it's an innate thing that it's, it's it's inside you, you know. So uh, and I love it, keeps me going, and you know, getting excited for the start of the season now already you know and I've been watching some of the games like pre-season stuff so yeah I just can't wait for it to start
1: another reader asks if you were manager of United what changes would you make
0: oh what changes would I make um, well I'd like to see the i like to see what South done you know uh, I'd like to see what the, the fact that he brought back feeling because feeling was a, an integral sort of part of, of uh, you know Ferguson's uh, background staff, you know, you know who I'd love to see there as well. I don't, I don't see it happening, but I, you know, the likes of the Neville's back there, you know, uh, I It'd think great, Gary Neville could have been a potential, yeah, uh, could have been a potential uh, manager there. And someone like I know you might laugh at this, but someone like Roy Kane, you know, I'd love to see Roy Kane back at Manchester United. You know, that probably never happened. Well. Sir Alex is still around, but I, I, I think uh, Roy came uh, would be great to have back there. Uh, what changes? I don't know what changes I would make. I would like to see them... Uh, I would like to see a bit more noisy at Old Trafford. Like the, the way the sort of... Uh, and this pains me to say, but when Liverpool are playing at Anfield, it's a different atmosphere. You know, it's a real sort of... Uh, it's a real sort of siege mentality atmosphere, you know, and we don't see enough of that at Old Trafford, unfortunately, you know, because of uh, of the El Prance Sandbridge brigade. And I'd love, I'd love to see the passion back on the uh, back in the Stratford, uh, and uh, not only in the Stratford because the passion is there, but around the rest of the ground as well, you know. Uh, we see it for the big games, but I'd like to see it a lot more that when the teams come to Old Trafford. You know, you knew you were in Old Trafford and you were playing, you know, the best team in the land. That's what what I'd like to see back more.
1: Brilliant, Ken. Before we go, I have a young lad named Joe Shannon. He's from Longford. He's a massive Ken Darty fan. So before we go, can I give him a big shout-out? He's also a snooker player. What advice would you give to a young, aspiring snooker player like Joe?
0: Oh, well, uh, Joe, if you're listening, uh, I would say, you know, get some good coaching, first of all. Uh, someone who's played the game, start off with some good bases, uh, watch watch some old videos or old YouTubes of of how they have some of the players or even today's players play and how they break builds, uh, a little bit of the tactics and, and safety and also if you're playing down your local club you know if you're make, try and play you know play frames against guys that are of your own standard or even better than you you know that you're going to learn from them as well you know always be playing always try and play for something have some sort of uh, meaning to each frame or each like time that you get down there that you want to beat your break or you want to play best of three in a proper match you know so it's a good way of improving you know
1: brilliant Ken thanks so much you look forward to the season ahead
0: yeah, absolutely. All right, no problem. Thanks so you Enjoy much. Enjoy, Jimmy. Yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah. Cheers, pal.
1: All the best, sir. Gentlemen, thank you. Okay, now any
0: time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. bye back him. It's a wonderful run from Sensational goal from Ryan Giggs! Barry Pallister calling for it. James can only fist it. It comes for Canton. I don't believe it! Well left by York, fed by Cole.
1: Back to Andy Cole from Dwight York. Fantastic. They always